shoot. Pull back, step back, three. Bottom! The handoff. Jones for the tie. Oh, he's fouled! And one! He's still loose. Doherty the heave. Oh, oh my God! Southern Utah. Oh, Southern Utah is going to do something he's never done. What's up, everybody? Another episode of the Straight Out of Whack podcast on this Whack Wednesday. Today, it is Seattle U Women. Well, I shouldn't say just today because I did UTRGV men's basketball with Matt Figure earlier today, this afternoon. We have one of the newer, co- I shouldn't say one of the newer, one of the newest coaches in the Whack, and Skyler uh, Young from Seattle U, who takes over for Susie Barkham. Skyler, appreciate the time today. How you doing? How's the weather treating you? I know that you're basically a Pacific Northwest guy, right? Well, I guess you say now, but uh, I'm originally from the Midwest. But uh, yeah, the weather's great. I love this. I'm from Michigan originally, so I will take uh, these winters over those winters anytime. So, do you like that it? it I, do you like that it's going to probably rain eighty-five to ninety percent of the time in Seattle, or is it just? Do you like that better than the snow and the freezing weather? Absolutely. You don't have to go outside and scrape off your car every single morning with snow and ice. Uh, heat warm up your car for 15, 20 minutes. Uh, just get it and go. And the rain's not that bad. I mean, it rains, but, I mean, it's 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 off and on, as we all know, kind of being out here. So. And we play indoor sport, so it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> That's the best part is it's an indoor sport, so you don't even have to worry about the weather. Well, I mean, except for travel. But. Overall, that's that's awesome. Scott, I want to ask you, what's it been like taking over at Seattle U? You know, I know that they're really excited for you to be there with the success you had, you know, as an assistant at Portland. What's it been like for you throughout the summer and, and now as you get ready for the a new season? You know, it was awesome getting here in the uh, spring, being on a quarter system. I uh, was able to work with the team uh, for 10 practices just to kind of implement uh, the standards we have and the pace of play. Uh, and then obviously getting the full staff here um, at the beginning of June, mid-June, getting everybody on board, ready to go out on the road, recruiting. Uh, it's just been an awesome experience and definitely working with uh, this young group. Uh, we do have a few seniors, but we got a, quite a few sophomores, uh, one junior on our team, two juniors on our team. Um so it's fun. It's fun right now. They're all embracing it. It's no pushback. They love the freedom of play. They love the style of play. They know it's hard work, though. That comes with the passion and the hustle. Uh, you got to work uh, to be good. So everything's great. Can't complain. What's it What's it been like you for you, I should say, to – you lost some pieces from the roster, you know, before you took over. What's it like for you as you put together a new roster, maybe new faces – and even if you get some returners, like how do you have them buy into what you want to do as a coach from what Susie Barkin was doing with them before? Uh, I think just communication. Uh, we talk about our culture. I won't go through the whole spiel, but every letter means something and you got to buy into it. And the first thing in culture, I'll just go with the first two words with the most important uh, is confidence and, and unity, creating that confidence and telling them we can't, as a coach, we can put things in order to instill confidence, but we can't give you confidence. So trying to get them to have self-confidence when they wake up and look in the mirror that they're capable of doing the things we're asking um, 
has been no pushback, didn't have a lot of turnover. I know most – I'm definitely – I'm not fan of Phil Jackson or Zen coach, but uh, just a different philosophy behind it. Didn't want to come in and just, you know, blow up the roster um, and, and, and take a bunch of transfers right away. I want to get to know these individuals, see who, who fits. They're all buying in. Kept it small this year. We do have a small roster because, as we know, can't be naive. Uh, the transfer portal, you do got to look like at that the way this game is recruited now. Um, having spots open, um, when the portal starts popping, I like to say in next spring, because when I got the job, it was April, it was already picked over. Uh, we, we were very selective. We did bring one grad transfer who is a great addition, uh, has championship pedigree, uh, and wants to work hard. And I think she's setting, set, setting the tone for our team right now. So that's the strategy behind what we're doing, kind of. Um, but that's where we're at. Scott, I want to want to ask you, you know, what you know about the WAC. Uh, I know that you know you were at Portland, which is in the WCC, and that's some good women's basketball there. What what do you know about the WAC, and what kind of excites you about the challenge as the head coach in this league? Um, you know, familiar obviously with Seattle U. We played them uh, at Portland uh, a couple times. Uh, definitely GCU, Molly Miller. I, I know her because when I was in the MVC, she was the coach at Drury. Um, so you kind of know people through that and other coaches uh, played against uh, ACU um, and that staff before. I know Utah Tech staff pretty well. Uh, actually, Cal Baptist. Uh, and I don't like to talk about people's names or anything like that. But Cal Baptist, uh, he was an assistant at Creighton before. So I know the style of play, playing against Creighton. And that tremendous program, just a familiarity. I do have a lot of familiarity with his coaches. Obviously, Dan at Utah Valley was an assistant at BYU. So you have a familiarity what kind of everybody's going to do. And SUU, we can go down there. Tracy, you know, was assistant before in the WCC. uh, And now one of her top assistants was just at St. Mary's. So uh, a lot of familiarity just with coaches and kind of the style we're going to get into. And it's just a fun league. It's a challenging league. Uh, you get contrast of styles, pressing teams, teams that like to shoot, teams that get after you. So I love the league that nobody's the same. Uh, it's a lot of mix and match, some similarities, some differences. So I love the league. I think this is a year where it could be some parity in this league as well. Um, Sky, you inherit a roster with a lot of returners that were in a lot of close games last year. Um, how helpful is that experience going to be in a whack that is expected to be a fairly competitive conference among, among the upper half mid-major conferences this year? Uh, you know, I think it's great because they, they've been in those, those battles. Uh, and now it's for us as coaches to put them in situations and practice to see the victories in those battles and how we do that, you know, and how we approach that is just by details. Uh, we do fundamental skills every single day, I know the players get tired of it, assist, assistant sometime. Uh, everybody wants to play, but I also say you got to know how to play the game of basketball and, and really buy into the details of why certain moves have to happen and pivots and how you pass with outside hands. And that's something definitely, you know, we did at Weber State, but I, I give credit where credit's due. I learned a lot from Michael Meek at Portland. Uh, it was in the details while we won there. Uh, there was no doubt. Yeah, we had some great players, no doubt about it. But uh, he was so detailed and our staff was so detailed that when those close games come, the last two, three minutes, that's what won us the game, was just locking in the details. And that's what we're going to try to approach here. 
Scott, I want to ask you, you got Portland on the schedule. They're actually coming to the Red Hawks Center uh, <laughs> oh. on November 14th. Uh, you know, most coaches will say they don't want to play their former school or wherever they've been at before. You get them right out the gate. Like, talk about maybe the emotion it'll be for you and the success that the pilots had while you were there, um, but also, you know, wanting to beat them and put a stamp, you know, on your first year at Seattle U? Um, you know, we're, we're just going to try to be the best team we can be when we face that matchup. But, you know, it's going to be natural. You coach these players. You help recruit, you know, a lot of them there. Um, and also you have respect for the staff. I mean, they become like family. You work there with them for quite a while and one had success. I mean, we helped reestablish the success of that program. And Coach Meek's a great coach, I think, um, you know, going into that, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. But also, I, I, I joked with Coach Meek when we were scheduling because I used to help him with scheduling at, at Portland. And and then he was like, you're right. It was hard to schedule. Like, as we become successful, nobody wanted to play yeah. Portland and Michael Meek. I mean, you, you know what you're about to face. And it ended up how it worked out. It had so many holes in their schedule. And I had like an extra couple holes. And he was like, let's do it. I was like, cool. Uh, but neither of us really wanted to do it at first. But that's the thing. I say, hey, it could be like you know Nick Saban and you know Kirby Smart or something. You know, the you know just going at each other that way in a fun, joking way. So, but it's gonna be great. It's gonna be awesome. I like it. I like it. And you know, it's it's kind of crazy. Just that I don't want to say crazy. I think it's awesome. You know, when there's holes in the schedule that you're both willing to put it together and, and come together because of that re respect and so forth, and because you work for him. So. I like it. I'm not going to lie. I like it. And I like the fact that you chose to fill that with a D1 game versus a non-D1 game. Um, taking <clears> another <throat> deeper look into your schedule, a couple of nice Power 5 opportunities. UCI, who is an up-and-coming program in the Big West. Um, we, Kyle, we saw what they did to GCU last year at the Bren. Yep. Um, just talk about overall the uh, goals you have for the non-conference as you uh, – settle into uh, the chair there in Seattle? Um, you know, our focus is just like practice every day. Our players hear me repeat it, 1% better, and that's the same thing as our schedule. We do have a challenging schedule, no doubt about it. Start at on the road. It's hard to win on the road. Tough teams win on the road, so it's hard to do that with teams like Northridge and Irvine to start with. Um, and then you got Portland and then UW right back to back. And as you progress, you know, we do play San Diego State out the Mountain West, Portland State, Cal Poly. Um, and we have that mid-league games. And then we got UT, UTSA, San Diego, uh, San, San Antonio from Conference USA. And then we start, before we start conference officially, uh, we got Arizona, uh, December 31st. So it's a mix and match. And, and the thing behind it, Adia Barnes called me for that last game. And the philosophy behind it is, we're just trying to prepare ourselves best we can for conference because we're playing some light teams like our conference. But also, we're trying to raise a standard here uh, that we're not afraid of. We want to play against some of the best because you want to play your best basketball in March. Um, so you're playing a team like Arizona going into uh, conference season, not trying to have any locker room billboard, uh, you know, material. But if you play a team like Arizona and then you're playing your best basketball in March and put yourself in a situation, who are you probably going to face if you end up, you know, getting to the goal where everybody wants to be at? 
Um, so we try to challenge our schedule to prepare ourselves for possibly the future, but also where there's no opponent we haven't faced. There's nothing we haven't seen. It's strategically done. We're going to see every style. We're going to see fast-paced pressing you with Portland, and then the next game you're going to see a more slow-down, grinded-out style with Washington. Um, just contrast the styles of how we're going to have to face those preparing us for these great teams in conference that we got to play. Speaking of conference, I, you, you talked about playing your best basketball in March. Obviously, that's that's kind of the goal. But you also get two conference games mixed into your non-conference slate. Are you a fan of that? Is it just kind of the way that it had to be with playing 20 conference games? Or would you prefer that you don't have that like conference break right in the middle of your non-conference slate? I. I actually like it um, because I think it, you know, the old Bill Belichick thing, don't get ready, stay ready. It's like you're playing non-conference and usually you go through the flow. Oh, non-conference doesn't mean everything. Well, yes, they do. Every game means building up. And then you got those two conference games and it's real right away. Uh, I kind of like that style. As long as they keep it home and home. Uh, If we had like two roads or two homes, then it's a disadvantage. But I kind of like that because your team always got to be ready. And then you know where you're at. You know, when real conference come along, you play about two, two and a half weeks. You got two conference games to get a, your feet wet. And then you got another couple weeks. Um, and then you go in the regular conference. I like it. And I think it prepares you uh, for what's coming ahead. And where's your team at? Gives you a good barometer. So, And you get Utah Valley at the Red Hawk Center. And then you got to go to Cedar City to start the month of December. Have you been to, you've been, I'm assuming you've been to Cedar City before. So you know how difficult it is to get there, right? Absolutely. In the Weber State, we will bust down there. So I guess we're flying to Vegas or something and then dropping <laughs> up. So been to Cedar City quite a few times. I can't remember the burger spot there, though. It was a really good burger place I went to. Oh, that's a good question. Sorry. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to look into that. <laughs> Skyler, um, Peyton Howard had a pretty solid year last year among your returners. Um, but I want to hit on your newcomers. Who from your group of newcomers, do you expect to make a splash right out of the gate? Well, we only got one true newcomer is uh, Ana Interante. Uh, she's a transfer from Bradley, grad transfer. Um, she can shoot it, and we like to shoot the ball. Um, you know, not going to give too much. I know the Utah Tech staff got her scouted because I worked with one of their assistants at Weber State. So we're, we're going to be fun to watch. So she plays right in the style we do. Uh, as you said, with Peyton and then Irina um, coming back, uh, they fit right into style. Uh, they're embracing it, uh, want to play more up-tempo, and that's what we're doing. It kind of uh, complements the way they like to play. And, and we got a lot of great players. I mean, Maya, you know, Noemi. I mean, all of them. I could go on and on. Esther, Michaela, you know, every, everybody is is contributing Um right now in practice and hungry, even, even some of the other seniors, Ramona, Aaron in practice that didn't play much. Um, they're coming into a different system where the way we play in the small, how small our roster is, everybody has to be ready for that opportunity. And I think they see that. Um, so we, we got a lot of players that uh, all of them, and forgive me if I missed anybody's name, but um, they all can help contribute. Um, who have been your leaders early on so far and from a, you know, vocal, you know, leadership perspective, you know, losing that many close games in sequence like the team did last year had to take its toll. So who has been the 
kind of boost to the group um, with the transition to you? I think it's been a blend of people. Um, honestly, right now, um, comes from our coaches right now because they're trying to figure out their voices and how to communicate. Like, like when we talk about working on the culture, we're talking about a lot of things because um, you could yell something, but how do you communicate where your teammates can embrace it? So um, different players, different day, people are growing. Obviously, you have your – you know, upperclassmen like Peyton now speak up, but then you have people um, like Juliana Walker, you know, that name I didn't name, uh, who transferred from Syracuse to now. She's starting to find her voice um, and she's very quiet. Um, so people are starting to gain that confidence um, in practice. Uh, Ramona is saying things. She said a really good thing after practice yesterday, like we got to bring more energy, you know, and, and that's somebody who, who really didn't play a lot that, is embracing in this role of, you know, let's get this done. Uh, so I think it's a great problem to have because you don't have just one leader. Anybody can lead in different ways. We can have a leader in the locker room, which you need a leader weight room on the court. Um, so I like where it's going. I can't, I can't point out just one leader. And there's an L in our culture, which is leadership, and anybody can be a leader in any given moment. So, Sky, you, you talked about Juliana Walker kind of coming in and, you know, you have Peyton Howard and Ramona. They're all from the, the Seattle-Tacoma area. Like, talking to Chris Victor, who is the men's coach up there at Seattle U, you know, he has a couple of guys that are from that area too. And he talks about how different their mentalities are in wanting to represent Seattle, you know, and run, wanting to represent that area. Do you ever talk about that with these players that are from the area and say, you know, this is your time to show what – you can do to your home fans or to or what Seattle basketball has to offer, you know, not just the university, but like the area in general. You know, I have not, Kyle, uh, really addressed that with them. Uh, maybe in private conversations, you say something to represent, but not as a whole group. Um, because, you know, we got players like Maya from Milwaukee and and, and Lisa and Esther, you know, from Denmark that I do try to say, you know, what you said not to say is uh, represent Seattle you, which you do represent the city because you come here. And if you're here for four years, this becomes your home. Right. Uh, I think Giannis said it the other day. He said, I don't say I'm from here. I'm from Milwaukee. You know, when people ask him where he's from and that's where I try to implement, like you're representing not just Seattle, you the school. We are the school with, Oh, I got a point here with the city name in it. You know what I mean? So you're representing the city. You are the school that's representing the exact city. So understand that. But there is some private conversations and, and you can tell some people want to show the city that they played in uh, to what they're about. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also want to ask you, you know, you talked about, oh. Oh, it's that thing. Yeah. Did Cut you guys get that too? I just got yeah. I think. It's, it's the uh, testing thing. We, we might have to cut this out, but everybody else got the alert. So, you know, everybody will know what time it was when we were recording this today. <laughs> so it's the uh, testing. <laughs> but oh, I wanna ask you, you talked about your roster. I think Ramona's the only one over. Is that right? She's six two. Maya Moore is six foot. Mm -hmm. But every and Michaela Moore is six. Michaela Arena and Lisa. So. Like you said, there's not a lot of size. So are we going to see a team that likes to get up and down the floor? You, you talk about Portland, how they like to press. Is that kind of what you're going to try to instill, you know, at Seattle U? 
Now you want me? To, you want me to give him a whole bag? Don't, you don't have to go into your in-depth scouting That's report. Trying to do, he trying to give me the whole, give me the whole bag. No, but uh, <laughs> if you go back and watch, uh, you know, yeah, we're gonna get up and down. I mean, we won't press necessarily like Portland just because we do have different philosophies. We will press. Uh, we will press some, um, but offensively we'll get up and down. It's gonna be transition-based basketball. It's not walk it up. At times we're gonna have to run sets and stuff, but we wanna, you know attacking numbers and advantage and, and really play the game of basketball, not just run plays. There is a difference. Uh, and that's what we're teaching players how to play the game of basketball. So when we run plays and you play against a good defensive team and they take away your first and second option, you know how to play out of that um, offensively, but defensively we're going to get after you too. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a fun style to watch. Um, and anybody that kind of seen some, different places I coached in the past to uh, it's a little blend of, of everything that I learned. I've been a lot of places, so we got a lot of tricks in the bag. <laughs> Sky, when you saw the job open up at Seattle U and you decided to throw your name into the hat, did you, and they eventually offered, did you feel like you were inheriting a rebuild just because of that recent NCAA tournament trip in 2018, or is this a revamp retool type situation? I think it's, you know, it could be a mixture of both. I mean, I'm not going to talk about the predecessor too much, but Susie did it, you know, pretty good job. I mean, she went to NCAA tournament. Um, so I wouldn't say it's, I think it's a blend of both because some of the, a lot of these players, we do have a lot of sophomores that weren't here in 2018. So it is kind of a rebuild uh, of different mentality uh, behind it. But um, I always say treat every team as their own unique selves. And not look at the past. Um, it's like driving a car. I always use this analogy. You could peek in the rearview mirror, but if you just stare in it, what's going to happen? You're going to crash. So we we can peek back what happened in the past, good, bad, or indifferent. But we got to focus forward in the future. And you know, one thing I said, you never know. And I don't like putting glass ceilings on the team. Uh, this is why I say one percent better. And you know. I admit I give praise uh, to Coach Meek and, and what we did the first year together at Portland. Uh, we had a team that uh, people will say overachieved, but they just worked every single day. And how does that team beat a Gonzaga team with players of the year, a couple all-conference players? It's just we just trying to get better every single day. So I don't know what it is yet. Um, you, could, you can ask me in February, then I could probably tell you where we're at. But uh, I don't know. Right now, you never know. Sky's the limit. They're eating it up. They want to get better. And that's that's the key to anything. You, you, you Taking over a program is how invested the players are into it and your philosophy. Uh, right now, we're not talking about, oh, next year. Right now, it's like, oh, let's get better every day. And let's dangle that carrot a little more because they're, they're starting to chase and they're hungry for it. So I think it's a blend of both, Daryl. Great question. I can't think of it. Is this the most geographically diverse conference you've ever coached in? Oh my goodness! Uh, I mean, we're we're all all over the place. <laughs> we're like the mid-major Big Ten here, pretty soon, huh? We're going everywhere, right? No, nah, um, it, it's cool. I mean, we're the most northern, obviously, school. Um, but yeah, this is the furthest you ever had to go. Um, the travel's not bad. The way they schedule, they do a great job. Our, our league, um, there's a couple things that. That happened, but that's natural when you're playing 20 conference games. But um, one thing I do like for the student athletes just going in life, they get to see different places uh, and different cultures because it is different sectors of the 
country. I mean, Seattle's different. You go to California, that's different. Utah's different. Texas is different. Uh, and GCU, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona is a different culture down there too. So I do like that part of it. So, yeah, it, it is very different. Let's just put it that way. Well, I got one question for you since you've been on the West Coast for a long time. Did you ever think that the Pac 12 would disintegrate like it did as quickly as it did? No, and I think some people are scratching their head right now the way these football teams are playing. Like, oh my goodness, we're we're like the top team, the top conference, probably next to the Big Ten and of course the SEC, at least in the top three in football right now in the country. Yeah. And then it's unbelievable. But uh hey, Greens talks. Let's just put it that way. Yep, agreed, agreed. All right, Sky, I gotta put you on black. I gotta put you on the spot here since I do it with every coach. Okay. Go to snack, you know, going home from a practice or, you know, need something to snack on in between a practice or on a trip or something. Like, what's your go to snack? Man. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to get in shape because I was telling the team, if I'm going to make you run like this, I'm going to look the part too. So, but if I had to go back, so what you call it? Candy bar. Oh, yeah. And a Dr. Pepper. There it is. I finally got a coach to say a Dr. Pepper on this podcast. I, I've been waiting for one, but uh, yeah, that's awesome. I like it. Watch my call. It's our old school. Like, that's old school. Yeah. Getting old. Love it. I love it. And then one last question. Yep. Since you're from Michigan, are you a Lions fan or are you going to become a Seahawks fan? I got to, you know, you got to tell the Seattle you fans who, who you're going to be rooting for. No, I'm a Lions fan. Tried and true. This is our year. I put it on my Instagram earlier this week. It's like, this could be our year. We could get to the playoffs finally. But knowing us, something always happens. So uh, we'll see. I will stay a Lions fan forever. I love it. I love it. Daryl, you got anything else for Skyler Young? I'm good, Kyle. All right, Sky, we appreciate the time. And uh, I picked up the Lions on a bunch of my fantasy – the Lions defense on a bunch of my fantasy teams this week. So, you know, hopefully they continue to do what they've been doing. So appreciate the time, Sky. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, Sky. Thanks, Kyle. Everybody enjoy the rest of your whack Wednesday. Thanks for listening to the straight out of whack podcast. You can find us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting platforms. Be sure to subscribe. So you never miss an episode. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Wack Hoops Digest and Facebook under Wack Hoops Digest for all your Wack Hoops news and information.